Construction has begun on a second entrance to the new Cross River Rail Station at Albert Street in the CBD. And that means Albert Street is closing to vehicles between Charlotte and Elizabeth Streets. Search Cross River Rail for everything you need to know. Authorised by the Queensland Government, Brisbane. Hello, Brisbane. for sports as Brisbane crowds are consistently the league's biggest. North Korea launching an intermediate range missile over Brisbane's new bike hire scheme. What am I going to see in Paris that I can't see in Ashburn? Like at what point is a Highgate Hill? At what point is it South Brisbane or South Bank? You will find the location of where the treasure of Brisbane is hidden, mate. When I arrived, they advised I needed some 4X. Hello and welcome to Unpacking Brisbane and Henry Brett's It's the Season 2 Finale. It's if this was Breaking Bad, or as I call it, Brisbane Bad. Yeah, it would be the episode where the planes crash into True. each other. If this in was the, the West Wing, it would probably be the best episode of the show. <gasps> Brothers in Arms. Brothers in Arms. These yeah. No, don't give it away. At the end of the episode, I was going to tearfully recite Brothers in Arms to you while talking about what a great co-host you are. Oh, thanks. Why would you step on my joke? Now, Henry, do you want to explain to people what they just heard at the start of this episode? Yeah, sorry, we should probably explain. <laughs> bit, that. A bit of context, or uh... what you just heard. And if you're waiting for a joke, there isn't one because it's the truth. And sometimes you've got to put comedy aside for the truth in this crazy game we call Brisbane. And it was a ad for the Cross River Rail. Yeah. Fully a real ad uh, that I got through. Obviously, I work with Nova, the radio station. Nova yep. 106.9. Oh, sorry, the Nova boy just broke in to say that. Can I? Um, I shot him dead. Oh, Nova boy. You all right, mate? He's bleeding. He's bleeding. But you can't tell if he's bleeding because he's, yeah, he's all red. red. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah it could boy. be a bit, but, uh, but no. Are you bleeding? He's, oh, he's always been bleeding and no one helped him. Well, we thought it was Nova. Anyway, uh, well, well, fresh hits and throwbacks should cue you, buddy. Uh, so <laughs> this was an ad that I, yeah, uh, it was Nova were doing an ad for Cross River Rail and our creative director, Nathan, lovely man, uh, he popped over to my desk and said we were going to get a voiceover actor for this. But we heard through your podcast uh, that you are the soul of Brisbane in many respects. And we only thought for Brisbane's biggest infrastructure project in a generation, yeah. it would be fair to get you to voice it. Now, that's not true. He actually just said, you are the person in the office that sounds most like a bogan, but still kind of smart, uh, which oh, is nice. what they, they were going for kind of a... So, they were uh, trying to offend a lot of people in saying They wanted to cover everyone. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Basically, he was oh, like... I feel offended. Well, no, the government were like, we want it to sound like a tradie who's still, you know... Oh, like hands, that, oh, like that, uh, like that Turnbull scandal where it was like a tradie, but he had like a five thousand dollar wristwatch, and he's like, "With my ninth investment property, that sort of thing." They wanted a, yeah, they wanted a construction manager more so than yeah, the yeah. bloke mixing the cement. A tradie who'd done his yeah. done his yards yeah. in the. Uh, Is it obvious that Henry knows absolutely nothing about being a tradie here? You see what they you know the guy who mixes the cement. So here's how it works: <laughs> when you've uh, mastered the hammer and nail, you get promoted to be cement. Person. Spent guy. Now, after you've nailed the cement, and this is what me and the other tradies know, uh, once you can get a sausage roll from Brumby's down, not Baker's Delight, they don't do hot products, no, fucking Sam cucks. Mullen. Yeah, um, once you can master that and getting an ice break away before 6am, yep. before moving on to a... Without white. shitting yourself in about two minutes. Can well, you imagine it, eating all that pastry and milk, Henry? Fucking straight through you. Well, I used to because I worked at a bakery, so by the time the tradies were turning up with a half-empty Monster Energy drink in their hands yeah. to scoff down a sausage roll, and you better believe they're getting a custard tart at 4am. Oh, yeah. um, but by the time they'd done it, I'd already eaten it. So I, that's oh. sort of why I'm one with the tradies. Oh, so you and them are one. I don't feel like it's a competency with your hands and manual labour that connects us tradies. It's more so the ability to eat pastries before the sun's come up. Yeah, absolutely. And I've said that for years. Yeah. And that is what the start of the show was directed at? Yeah. You're linked with the tradies? Well, that's the kind of thing. I'm, I have to say now 
that Unpacking Brisbane is literally the voice of Cross River Rail, something mm. that's going to connect the so city, true. mate. No, it, my, it's problem with, my, pro- my problem with Cross River Rail, its northernmost stop is like exhibition, like the Ecker, and its southernmost is Wool and Gabba. It's, it's it doesn't connect anything that I couldn't walk. They're like, oh, the city to Southbank will only be five minutes. It's usually only five minutes. Cross a bridge. I, but stupid project. But it's going to be, and even worse are the people who advertise it and speak in support of it. But it crosses. I'm disgusted. It crosses the river, bro. Yeah. So does my feet. Yeah, but it, no. I'm like Dash from The Incredibles. Mm. I am running across the Brisbane River at any given point. Well, they did say that in the meeting. They were like, yeah. "Folks, we want to train, and you better believe it's got it's got to do with that little cunt from Incredibles could do as well. That little yappy blonde prick who could have played Malfoy. Yeah, if that, it wasn't animated. Yeah, that little Aryan prick with yeah. the fast legs and the fat dad. <laughs> we need him. No, he was just big boned. He was, yeah, he was he just was, big bone. Well, yeah. He was strong, yeah, he was wasn't super, he? Very strong. But yeah, very, so basically, yeah, I don't know. Unpacking Brisbane, we've graduated into Cross River Rail. You might have heard the ad on the radio. Lots of people have. Uh, big thumbs up. And yeah, I think it's a graduation from small local podcast to official spokespeople of the government. I, I will admit now that I'm the voice of the rail project, I don't know that much about it. I don't even know if I agree with it. No, no. But what you do agree with, Henry, is the fact that this is the season two finale. Yeah. We've watched Scooby-Doo, but now it's time to turn to one of Brisbane's biggest and most influential suburb, a suburb that people who aren't even from Brisbane often call home. What are we talking about today, Henry Brett? St. Lucia. Oh, yes. St. Lucius. On it brilliantly. The best colleges. Dent. Best. It's the home of University of Queensland. Yeah. It's the home of college, which we'll get into. And as we learned in our research, it's the home of not just one, but several quite quirky bits of Brisbane history. Yeah. And I'm gonna ins- I'm gonna say it earlier. I'm gonna tease it. Death, crime, and conspiracy theories yeah. that go all the way to the Queensland Supreme Court. It's all to come it's in all the St. Lucia episode. But we're gonna bitch about colleges, we're gonna talk about true crime, and we're probably not gonna talk about Cafes, because I don't have a lot to say about St. Lucia in that respect. Well, I have a bit to say about a particular division of cafe areas, but we will oh, yes, yes. cover it Asia all Bill off. Asia Hawkenville. Yep. That's the idea. Spoilers. Yeah. So we'll get to that soon. But um, Joe touched on it. It's our season two finale. Yep. And the first episode we recorded in season two, after a lengthy break where Joe lived it up in Dublin. Yeah. Um, it was like a nine month break. Yeah. But to think that this break's going to be two weeks. I know. Yeah. yeah. I guess by that season- when you live together. Season three, it'll be 15 minutes and we'll yeah. just be turning out the next one. Um, but yeah, mate, it's- uh, the first episode we recorded was the Brisdemic Lockdown yeah. Special. and In the era where you could only have one mate over. Yeah. A restriction which we took and said, cool, you can still record a podcast. Yeah. In the spirit of the law. I mean, thank God we didn't uh, have that third host. Thank God we... No, thank God. Yeah, thank th- God we killed Nova Boy earlier, who I was, was slated to be the third host in season two. Thank God we rejected uh, Hamish Blake's continued yeah. advance <laughs> to get on this thing. We said, you're not from Brisbane, mate. Go, yeah. I don't know, go... Travel. Yeah, well, that's where Marty Sheargold's going, isn't he? Go take a gap year, buddy. Yeah, that's, that is where Marty's going. Yeah, Marty. Uh, yeah. But yeah, Henry, you're right. We started it in lockdown. You and know, it looks like we might end it in lockdown. Yeah, I'm going to be honest. Mate. Last four months, we've we've evolved with the times. It's been amazing talking to people and talking about suburbs as we go from lockdown and go into now sort of this great state Queensland's in. Uh, but the last two days have probably put a damper on that. So I reckon mm. two weeks time when we come back, it may be time for lockdown special part two because how good is bubble tea and going to Melbourne? That's us guys. Where so think of us as your friend enemies of the state yeah. <laughs> you know sometimes we're a little naughty sometimes, sometimes we a steal a handbag or a little two. bit critical sometimes we go to couch and penut twice in a week who's still going to couch seriously yeah well you're like chocolate 
Get some ice magic yeah. and some vanilla ice cream and fuck off, mate. Panat I was fine with because it's a Panat's lovely delicious. pad Absolutely divine. I'd go to the one at Home Zone before Southbank, but that's personal. <gasps> mm. Couch, I'm like, oh, come on. How are they still open? We spell it with a W. Yeah. Uh, well, I spell pandemic the right way. Mm, too right. I'm but it is the season finale, Henry, and we're grasping onto the last straws of freedom we currently have. Yeah. Uh, you could probably hear it, but we're recording this through masks. It's just mm. that Henry and I have perfect diction. Mm. So you can understand us crystal clear. There's actually a function that you can edit out the mask sound. So. Mine's a Bane mask. Mask. Yeah. And Joe's got Jim Carrey's The Mask. Yeah, on. yeah. <sighs> you were you merely adopted the podcast. I was born in it. I don't know. Do I've, never, Jim, I've never do seen The Mask. Yep. Can't do a Jim Carrey. No Scooby Doo, no. Alrighty then. Does pretty, he say that? Pretty much is that it. in The Mask? <laughs> it was, that was Ace Ventura. Ah, wow. You're not yeah. far off. He's like, oh, I'm green, motherfucker. Oh, cool. So, hey, I'm green, man. Look at me. Hey, I'm green. I'm, I'm, green. I'm green over here. I'm, I'm green like a snow pea. I'm wearing a mask. That's sort That's of my guy. Yeah, yeah. But uh, what other housekeeping do we have, Henry, outside of the humble observation that lockdown may be about to kick up again? Listen, there's not much. We're gonna we're gonna bust into it soon. But we did say, yeah, two oh, weeks break. So important. Now we've been inundated by messages. We're talking Elle McPherson. Yeah. We're talking Selena Gomez, who's mainly music, but I guess she's Janelle Monae, another oh. mainly music, reached out, said she loved a certain article of clothing that we are dealing with, Henry. It's our Unpacking Brisbane shirts. And yes, Cara Delevingne, they come in medium. Yeah. <laughs> um, so what we're going to do is over the break, we want to find a Brisbane model. And we mentioned names like Izzy Gray yeah. and Mitch Wayne. I feel like a Maddie Edwards. Yeah. Uh, uh, who, who was- I've uh, heard of like one third of those people. Who was the girl? Mary Stickley? Oh, yeah, Mez. Is she? The old Drew's semi-day. I think she's still modelling. She's still in New York, though. Oh, I don't know, man. I mean, she'd fly back. Couldn't tell you. Maybe she'd fly back. I mean, I mean, also, we could ship a shirt over. Yeah, sure. Yeah, no matter where you are in the... Yes, modelling. It's not just for small trains. So, what we're going to do <laughs> is we'd love to get a model to mm. model, in fact, mm. our unpacking Brisbane shirts. A lot of people wearing them. Yeah. And I'm getting, and I'm getting feedback. Comfortable fabric, baby. Oh, they're a great shirt. I think the other thing, Henry, is your experience with models, with painting, you know, Warhammer figures and Warhammer 40K that and you're dating still them. really into. And dating them. Oh, it would be great to finally date a model and, and get I meant dating the Warhammer models. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gimli. Oh, I, I, we live together, Henry. I walked into your room the other day. Gimli, where have you been? Gimli, come on, sour on the necromancer or some shit. I just don't feel like me and Aragon see each other much anymore. <laughs> He's always on his phone. He's always wearing unpacking Brisbane shirts. But Henry, we are in the hunt. We are actively looking for a model for our shirt. Yeah, step uh, up. Only legitimate models, please apply. Yeah, don't. And then we've got a lot of hot friends. Yeah, if you're just hot, but you're not like you've never been in front of a lens. We don't need you. Yeah. I know a lot of hot people. And no loophole where because you wear glasses, you're always in front of a lens. Whatever, yeah, nerd. Don't, don't. And, I and only you know, want- uh, housemate Jack, I don't want you trying that because no. you're clever and I imagine you'd yeah. find also, that. Also, you've pun. already bought a shirt, so we don't get a lot of benefit from you like modelling for us. Just mm. come on. Real models, please apply. Real models. All shapes and sizes. No, no Madame Tussauds here, baby. Real models. Now, speaking of real models and uh, real models of behaviour, role models, and I suppose models for how to get, live a good suburban life. Yeah. That's a segue. That's called a segue, kids. Let's talk about a little suburb called St. <laughs> Lucia. Uh, that was your segue. F- fucking whatever, mate. This sour is strong. 2.1 standards <laughs> in a strawberry. Imperial it's like a glass of wine in a can. <laughs> it's like a wine can, baby. <laughs> Um, so let's I'll tell you who uh, Wine can More like can wine My wife Yeah Old ball and chain Tell you where she made us move St Lucia That was as good a segue as yours It was probably on par It's not better Let's Wikipedia wig it Wikipedia Wikipedia Let's wig it out Henry And uh, Oh Tear in my eye That this is the last time I ask you this question for two weeks Except for just casually Over a cup of coffee Or a beer mm. Can you guess for me 
what the population of St. Lucia is. Now, I feel like this question is so hard because, like, a college people counted. Mm. It must have a very... Sh- like, the population of St. Lucia in January would be very different to what it is in, you know, May. But I want you, with all your incredible powers of will and intellect, to make a guess. Yeah, it's tricky, isn't it? Because, as you said, there's colleges, which is a lot of people. But, you know, are they residents? you got to imagine a college person to be too busy uh, sucking beer bongs and committing well, sexual bloody, assault to uh, do a census be, test. Oh, oh, you college know? people would be too busy having goon sacks and stunting their social and emotional <laughs> development so that they graduate looking like 16-year-olds at the age of 22. It's like school with a sleepover. Yeah, you know how you graduate school and you don't want rules anymore, but then you have some more of them for three years and also there's alcohol and sexual assault? I love college. You know when someone a year older than you tells you to go to bed? It's like that with beer. Yeah, college, but, oh, college, don't worry. college, man. Don't worry, we elected these 21-year-olds to rule over it because don't worry, if you have a crisis or any sort of problem, you can go to a someone who's barely more mature than the fucking pimple they got rid of two years ago. I live in a bunk. Yeah, so Henry and I never went to college. Uh, so <laughs> evidently, but so I don't know whether to count them. I'm going to say because it's suburban and it strikes me as sort of big. Can I possibly give you one hint? I'd love one. On my reading of the population size, mm. I think to some degree colleges are counted. Maybe I don't know whether they're five thousand five hundred off by like more than one hundred and fifty percent. It's so much bigger than that. Nine thousand bigger. Eleven thousand bigger. We're not talking 15,000. No, we're talking 12,574. Cheaper by the dozen. Biggest suburb by a country bloody mile. A thousand people for every one of Jesus's apostles. We did say we'd finish with a bang, and that's just not the ones that taken place in Cromwell House on a Tuesday night because no. people drink on weekdays. They're welcome to college. Yeah, welcome to college, guys. If you ever wanted to get drunk on a Wednesday night and miss your family, you came to the absolute rice place. Kings, where women are vaguely accepted because of financial concerns. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, women can come in. Shit, we're, we're, we're jumping ahead. We'll talk yeah, about no, college, but uh, really massive popular. That makes That's me think. That, I got that, that makes so me wrong. think that if you live in college, or I guess there's all that student accommodation like across the road from the cricket fields as well. Like there must just be serious numbers living in St Lucia. A lot of apartments as well. Remember alongside mm. the river. So there's also many a lot of families there. and and big families at that. I think I would say the median family member amount of what I've seen in the suburb is five. I was literally read my mind. I would even go so far to say the median residence size is five because Lucia's got all those massive like, oh yeah, me and like seven people from college live in a two-bedroom apartment type yeah, thing. Yeah, essentially, yeah. Um, all right, well, cool. Sorry. Well, what I, else I really does the Wikipedia... I'd... That's a pretty disappointing note to leave this season on, Henry. You're yeah. going to need to go away and train. I, I don't think you can come to Tangalooma mm. with me, mate. You've got to get better at guessing populations. I, get, I do think sometimes, though, it is... Um, Proof to the audience that we're not rigging this because there were some whispers around when I was absolutely you nailing the population this, that I was looking at it, and I promise I wasn't. Um, so I think getting it wrong sometimes is is good. Wikipedia wig out. First, we should start with the name of the suburb, Saint Lucia. Who is Saint Lucia, and which health insurance is she with? It's all here. Lucia of Syracuse, also called Saint Lucia or Saint Lucy, oh, to her friends, to her friends, was a Christian martyr or Saint Luce on a Tuesday night when she was at women's. Mm-mm. Oh, Lucy. No. oh, Lucy Lucy's here. Oh, no. Lucy Lucy's guy. She's had her like fourth cruiser and uh, oh my God, she's just spotted a John's boy. She's not a saint after a couple of shots of tequila, tequila. It's Tuesday. Nah. We eat tacos. It's Tuesday. We don't have any family. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> she was <laughs> such hatred towards colleges already. She was a Christian. We're not even talking about them. <laughs> she was a Saint Luce Lucy on a Tuesday with tequila. Was a Christian martyr who died during a diaclinatanic persecution. And you can tell uh, by Henry's pronunciation, he knows exactly what a diaclinatanic persecution is. So it's like it, being persecuted for like a bowel disease or something. I like, think it's oh, when you can't drink normal milk. Yeah. Yeah. Um, diaclinatanic. Yeah. Just you have to eat up the food and regurgitate it into my mouth. It means I eat like a bird. It's like a bulimic. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's a bulimic um, So St. Lucy the bulimic Who drinks taco Tuesdays She's venerated As a saint In the Roman Catholic Anglican Lutheran And Eastern Orthodox Church wow, Jesus big Christ four. Saves them for the rest of us what Lucy What did she do I reckon also like She'd be like a loose prophet In the Islamic faith You know how they're always like <laughs> Jesus was technically a prophet And there's like four Christian saints that are prophets Yeah sure I feel like if St. Lucy's Clocking up those four Surely can rack up Like a bit of Buddhism In there as well The years she was born Was 283 to 304 Jesus Michael Clark long- scored more runs than <laughs> yeah. she was alive. So during. she was alive for 21 years. Oh, so she died no, no, at no. college. Yeah, she died at college. 283 to 304 is that's 21 years, isn't Fuck, it? Fuck, that was a big night, St. Lucy. Oh died. my God, Lucy just died. She was martyred. Yeah, she was absolutely crucified last night. Too many beers? No, no, no. Um, the Eastern Orthodox people took distaste with her. She- Anything else about. Oh, um, there's heaps here that I don't want to get into because it's boring. Why is the suburb named after this saint? Um. Because sort of, obviously she wasn't martyred in St. Lucia. Why do we name it St. Lucia? I don't know. Well, people... <laughs> do you? We're traditionally so... In- no, that wasn't like it. You know how people ask you a question and they're like, do you know why this is the thing? And they just want to tell you. You actually didn't know. Yeah, it wasn't that. I've got absolutely no clue. I don't know either. Well, we have many trusty listeners and we've got two weeks off. So I, I'm sure some bright spark will figure out why. I mean, maybe it was just a church. Maybe. Well, I can tell you, I don't know why it was named St. Lucia, but I can tell you what it was named before because the the area was originally part of Indrapilly and later part of Tawong suburbs we've covered on this show. Originally known as Indrapilly Pocket, for a short time it was called Tawong South and part of the area oh. was hived off as Lang Farm. So let me give you that in uh, bullet points. It was Indrapilly Pocket, then it was Tawong South, yep. and then it was Lang Farm. Now- Pretty alpha of Indrapilly to just keep St. Lucia in its pocket for a while. Yeah. <laughs> just starting to be like, imagine just being the, oh, you're just the pocket of Indrapilly. You're like, boy, let me out. Let me out. And it's like, what is that, guys? No, no, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. That's where I keep is my that, loose change and that, chewed gum. Is that St. Lucia in oh, your pocket there, mate? Lucy. Well, Henry, that's actually really interesting you mentioned that because there's one sign on Swan Road when you're driving around St. Lucia that points towards Long Pocket. Mm. And Long Pocket is a tiny little campus in UQ. Mm. And I wonder whether that's a hangover of when oh. it was Indrapilly Pocket. Because I looked it up on a map once and Long Pocket is fully recognised on a map, but it's not a suburb. It's like a couple of streets. Interesting. So I think this is a bit of a... Also, speculating, Ironside, Long Pocket. I reckon this is classic bigger suburbs following the suburbs. I was, suburb I was about to say, do yeah. we have a little bit of a St. John's Wood on our hand? Do we have a... Bit of a, Rosalie, a bit of Dorrington. Yeah, a little bit of... Some what's the one nearby? Ithaca. A bit of Ithaca. Ithaca. Ooh. I mean, we live in Ithaca now, Henry. Yeah, Petri true. Terrace is the old town of Ithaca. Um, yeah, very interesting. I guess long pocket, intrapilly yeah. pocket. There you go. How long are your pockets? Do you have long pockets? Uh, long enough for an iPhone 8 Plus. Okay. So um, I think my iPhone fits well into my pockets, but generally I find my You AirPods, have really short shorts pockets. My AirPods are always... Yeah. I lose my AirPods as they slip out and then my car keys. But you wear... And then my just loose money that you, I have. Like you, every, I find myself sitting down in the wads of $100 bills that I have in my pockets. Yeah, i falling between couch cushions. Well, it's really annoying when you've got like your kilo of cocaine, yeah. brick of heroin and your multiple hundred US dollar bills useless in Australia. It, yeah. It's kind of 
right up your ass while you sit down. It's pretty heartbreaking. Well, I'd love some longer pockets because the annoying thing is when I take off my gold Rolex when it's giving yeah. my wrist a bit of a rash. My, oh, it's you got my Rolex, Chase? It's, it, I've, I've, got, I've got a diamond cream for that. That's fine. I think they call it money eczema. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, it's been a successful season, Henry. I don't think people should be surprised that we have Rolex, Chase. Oh, we're still rolling on that good chat money. Yeah, 100%. Um, yeah, all 20 bucks they gave us. Yeah, exactly. So, um, it, it is interesting that... That, that happens when you've got long pockets. Yeah. But yeah, Lang so Farm I like as well. Yeah, I like what do, you, do you reckon your university experience would be vastly different if you hadn't studied in St. Lucia, but instead you'd studied in Indrapilly Pocket or Lang Farm? Lang Farm sounds looser. I think I would yeah. have had a looser university experience. They'd be like, oh, the St. farm. St. Lucia campus. It's like, nah, nah, you're going, to, you're going to LF, mate. You're going farming. Everyone be like, let's herd some cattle tonight. We're going yeah. to Lang Farm, going to Lang baby. Farm. Lang also is think, also like Lang Park. That's my thing. I think it would give it a richer connection to Queensland history because, you know, I love my Eastern Orthodox churches, but like I don't care about St. Lucia no. in the way I'd care about Lang Farm. Mate, she was dead no. in fucking 304. Two here. So, anyway... Um, All right, so let's talk about, uh, I think there's a bit on the Wikipedia about what it's like today, which is interesting. There is indeed St. Lucia. updated comment. Indeed. St. Lucia is mainly a residential suburb and is generally regarded as one of the most affluent suburbs in Brisbane. For many years, it was the third most expensive suburb behind Hamilton and Hascot. And Ascot. <laughs> behind. Behind Hamilton and, and Ascot. Ascot. That's how salt of the earth working class we are. We don't even know how to pronounce the names of the rich suburbs. Yeah, despite Have you ever the been- five minute bit we just yeah. did about money and roll yeah. Tolimba and Henerife. <laughs> What's that called? A spoonerism. Is what Henerife would be uh, a good suburb that for you to live in. Like, oh, I'm going oh, to Henerife's, yeah. Well, I do work there. So I don't... Yeah, why don't you call it Henerife? Why have we never picked up on that? Is that I'm actively annoyed by this. Henerife. It's a great nickname for where you work. I guess it's because my real nickname yeah. is Pencil, despite um, the fact you won't call me it. Yeah, it's utter bullshit. And if anyone calls him that, I'm turning off the mics. Call me if anyone from the street, like where Sunrise, and there's just people with signs outside being like, <laughs> take off your shirts. And we're like, we always record it naked. <laughs> um, I found that interesting. I feel like St. Lucia, because of the college, like... The disgusting, dirty, like adolescent vibe of the yeah, colleges. The smelly, stained. The disgusting, cummy college experience. Mm. And I've said this for a long time. St. Lucia is the whole place is caked head to toe in cum. You just feel like you're gonna slip and fall on cum, whether you're outside Kings or another <laughs> college, because I don't know their names. It is annoying. Chesmond, is that a college? Well, me and my um, my mate and then my female mate the other day were walking around St. Lucia, found ourselves your friend who's a girl. My friend who's a girl and we yeah. found ourselves engrossed in cum and then the girl was yelling, you've just got to relax. You've just got to relax. So we <laughs> relaxed and we slipped through the cum. But our other mate, the ranger bloke, he's just stuck in cum panicking. Well, that's weird, Henry, because I fell through, I think, a couple of hours after you and there were these, I think someone had carved cum into the, cha- the shape of chess pieces. Mm. So I had to control the cum mm. to uh, make it to a good night on a Tuesday. Oh, where's my family? I miss them so much. And me? I'll be a nice. As in a night of sex and cum. And I go to college. Cum. But yeah, I agree. Like, it never strikes me as particularly affluent, despite, you know, any families I know who live there certainly have it's a lot of money uni. to throw around. It's just the uni. But the uni has a grand regal. Oh, it's sandstone. It's gorgeous. It. I think there's just something about. I refuse to believe that a suburb where a lot of students could live could ever be that affluent. Mm. And also, I, I I don't know why I'd move to St. Lucia, particularly while my kids aren't at uni. Like, no, I think a- I think it's got a very family vibe to it that I think I think they're at odds with each other because yeah, remember when the University of Queensland were attempting to uh, sort of 
do essentially what we say larger suburbs do to smaller ones in just like swallowing it up. St. Lucia, the university, and we'll get to the university, clearly sees itself as the nucleus, the heart and soul of that suburb. Well, I, they I think, think the if, the, if sees, not for the university, St. Lucia would have no reason to exist. I think it sees itself in the suburb as one and the same. 100%. So, like how Oxford and the University of Oxford are sort of synonymous. Exactly. So I, I think it sees itself as a college town within Brisbane. Mm. And the residents of St. Lucia, rightly so, think absolutely fuck off, which is why I remember huge campaign when- um, All when, the posters. I was going to bring this when, up. I think it's the funniest thing in the world. Un, the university was trying to spread sort of down Hawken Way and um, they would say, St. Lucia is a community, not- a mega uni, <laughs> uh, which led to a uh, friend of the show in Keenan, Pakistani, Glavesy, Lachlan Glaves, uh, dressing up for a Brisbane-themed party as maybe the best costume of the night. Uh, he dressed in a superhero outfit with UQ on the chest, and he was mega uni. Oh, that's great. Very fun. Now, Henry, I'll pick you up on the counter-argument here. I've got absolutely no sympathy for St. Lucia residents who whinge about the uni expanding. You shouldn't have moved into that suburb if that was going to bother you. I think it is the height of arrogance to say, that, no, oh, this is a little family-friendly no, suburb. No, it's a beautiful and suburb. They act when the posters were up. They act like they moved there and then six months later, they're like, oh, my God, there's a uni. It has high property values because why, of the university. Why do you support a mega uni? Move into why Indro do you want or a mega Tuong uni if to you come want and that crush. Vibe? Why do you want mega uni to come and crush us? I don't want Boom. mega uni to come and crush us. Oh, I shit, just think books. that cheaper student housing is more valuable than Greg and, you know, his no. Life, having a big backyard. I know people who have grown up in St. Lucia. So do I. You're not special. At flying foxes in the backyard, sandpits. Like it is. It is the epitome of a family home area. In well, I think be, the, the, point, the, the point you should be making is that it's as close you get to bush while also in a city outside of maybe a. That's barn. what I was going to say. No, yeah, but you didn't say that. I was going but no, to. I just the signs just are so disingenuous to me. You know, it was, part yeah, of the it was reason like, your suburb it's not has a mega, value. It's a mega, and then the other one was like. No big university expansion or something. And you it's know like, what? I agree with that. I'm not just saying this because George's family lived there for 18 years. No, no, I think um, that's, a, yeah. There's a glint in your eye when you're defending this. I remember in second year, we'd drive past those signs and mock them together, but you've changed. And that's well, fine. sometimes people grow up. Tuong yeah. mixed sometimes state they get school. Wrong. I'm trying to speak about Tuong mixed state school. I don't want to talk about anything mixed on this show. <laughs> what? No, continue. We speak about cruises all the time. Yeah, but that... Oh, no, true. Vodka and, like, guava juice. Oh, no, it'd be just sugar and shit. Anyway, it's a wrong mixed school. Tell me about this racially charged school. It opened in 1870. Okay. It was renamed Indrapilly State School in 1879. Only nine years of the mixed. And then Indrapilly Pockets to State School in 1888. And then they renamed it again. Holy fuck. More brand changes than P. Oh Diddy. Maybe he was P. Diddy, then he was Puff Daddy, then he was just Daddy, then he Remember was Remember Snoop Dogg? Snoop Lion? Snoop Lion. Snoopy? So he, remember when he was Snoopy? Remember he was Snoopy? Remember he, when he became Charlie Brown's <laughs> pet dog Snoopy? Was, was Snoopy Charlie Brown's pet or were they just mates? I thought they were friends. No, I, I think he lived equal. with him. Oh, really? Oh, I definitely think Snoopy had the status in the relationship. Snoopy was is more famous than Charlie Brown. Oh, I couldn't tell you what Charlie Brown looks like from memory. Yellow shirt. I know shirt. my fucking Snoopy. Not much hair, yellow shirt. Oh, okay. Good it's only because of the West Wing quote about Charlie Brown and Lucy in the football yeah. that he's like in my recent memory. I think it's like in the, in the way they say that the- the most powerful person in a meeting is the person who speaks the least. Snoopy yeah. says fucking nothing. Charlie Brown yapping a lot. Oh, see, I saw a, I saw a high school production. You're, you're a good man, Charlie Brown. Yeah, I saw like a your like Hallows St. Margaret's. No, I didn't see that. I saw a St. Margaret's. My cousin was in it. And I swear Snoopy was the yappiest motherfucker in that show. Well, maybe that was just Very the loud. Played. Yeah. Um, either way, it doesn't really matter Jim too Carrey. much because it yeah. was renamed. <laughs> it was re- 
in his uh, his debut role. He legend to it from the grave. It was an awesome show. Yeah, it was great. No one talks about it enough. The Ghost of Ledge. Uh, <laughs> it was renamed Ironside State School in 1904 after the neighbouring estate of John Dunmore Lang, a person I did no research on, so we're not going to talk about. Um, in the messages we got, people who live in St. Lucia were going on lots and lots about Ironside and apparently mm. not just the uni or the uh, closeness to the bush uh, being the reason people moved to St. Lucia but apparently a big part of it is mm. because they want to get them into Ironside. Um, Ironside I've always thought mentally is in the top two primary schools in Brisbane purely based on how fucking cocky the people who went to primary school there. Most people who go to primary school just accept it as like yeah that's where I went to school for like Six or seven years, mm. move on. Two schools, Ironside and Rainworth, yep. seem to think they are an absolute cut above. Clearly, they're very good schools. And both with names in the style of Deadwood that I thought if HBO launched a yeah. show called Ironside <laughs> or Rainwood, I'd be like, this will probably yeah, be Yeah, I'd absolutely. I'd turn into Stan and watch a six-part miniseries called Rainworth about like, there's a small town, but also crime. I'm like, my, yeah, of course there is. On my weekend, yeah, not much. I just absolutely <laughs> powered and slammed my way through the new season of Ironside. And you're not going to believe the ending there's a twist yeah i um i was able to get a couple of box sets of intrapilly pocket back you know hbo would never do that show as a very channel seven aussie drama but uh, one of the actors yeah yeah, one of the actors went on uh to be in rainworth oh really um, which obviously deals with prescription pill addiction Mm. in the brisbane suburbs but super show great naplan results as well they publish them at the start of their very episode well i think someone said to that the, on Ironside Oh yeah oh, uh, Yes I went to Ironside It's so fucking It's just I hate people being cocky About primary schools Because I'm Ironside. like You at age five Did absolutely nothing To achieve that At least you know like No some- my finger painting Was a, a bit more advanced you I didn't that I was involving The pinky and the index To a much greater degree Than other schools yes. I went to Ironside Yeah so see that Some people simply cut Within the lines I cut with on the line In fact my line And the scissors Sort of became one What did I go you ask you Ironside obviously Well it's great question thank you for asking it i suppose what i see is the trick to a perfect sand castle when people don't see this enough they think yeah. fine sand they think it's the white sand it's the small grains no you need to add water you need to go to the tap you need to get a small kind of like a pink or green plastic bucket add it to the sand pit and build the castle for that and and, and where did i learn it? Well, it's good that you asked i learned it at a place called ironside well it's just funny just uh, finishing up this interview that one thing that uh, you really know you're getting a good education when uh, someone asks you for the skin colored crayon and you say, listen in, buddy. This is flesh colour. Skin colour can come in all shapes of sizes. Mm. What did I learn? Such delightfully left-wing opinions. Well, it must be Ironside. The woke babies go to Ironside. <laughs> Where they have their coffee. But yeah, Henry, I. it's an interesting facet of St. Lucia because I think of the St. Lucia of University of Queensland and the St. Lucia of Ironside as quite different suburbs. I oh, think there's a yeah. dichotomy at the heart of this suburb. And obviously, I, I think you're right in some respect that the university dominates and it is the mega uni, but I just think they're well within their rights to do so. Well, maybe the university being education is why the the flow down goes to Naplan results. Remember Naplan? Oh my I, god! And remember caring it, about Naplan? Well, it was it was fun I to care. me as the, I was three, really the three five seven test, and then what happens? I get to year seven, and they make and they fucking add year nine in. I got to do another one. Oh, that's right. It became the three five seven nine. I did freakishly well on one year of Naplan and terribly on another. Remember the writing tasks? Yeah, I love. It was the always like tasks. I always did a short story. Give us the five hundred word of any genre of your choosing article. It can be a feature article It can be a short story It can be a poem And it's about flight Yeah And you're like You only ever did short stories No I did speech Did you do a speech? I always did a speech As a fictional prime minister Um, And and, you know 
So that's and that. so on um, that incredibly nerdy note, Henry, is there anything more you have to say on the Wikipedia? Well, all I need to say is we clearly are just absolutely busting to talk about certain contemporary aspects. We've spoken a bit about the university. We've spoken a lot about college. So maybe it's time to get out of the Wikipedia wig hole. You're trying to do this as a speech by a prime minister? Because you've got to do a swap around. No, what I Perhaps we should no. ask not what Unpacking Brisbane can do for you, but what you can do for Unpacking Brisbane. Now, what I believe, and this is true of many people, is that we've done Wikipedia wig out. We did it well. We did it with valour. But I believe it is time for me, for you, for us to talk about contemporary times. Mr. President, Mr. President, yep. you tell us right now whether Unpacking Brisbane will be running for a third season. I'm going to put my hand in my Indrapilly pocket because I've made up my mind. Well, it's a city on a river and don't you ever forget it, kid. Well, I believe the first place we need to start with contemporary St. Lucia is... Is the place our friendship really started and the beginning of this podcast in many ways. Yeah, very much the place where you and I became best friends and me and all my friends, um, apart from the ones I didn't meet at university, uh, became <laughs> friends, was University of Queensland. And honoured really the origin of the Caxton Street Studios. Yes, indeed. So the- we owe a debt to the University of Queensland and we're going to absolutely not pay that debt now. I owe them a debt. we're not earning enough on Hex to pay anything back. <laughs> the debt be, I owe them. Friend- it's like, oh, fuck, can I... Ha- can I hex my friendship? <laughs> and Peter Hoy's like, no, Henry, you can't. <laughs> you pay it now, please. Oh, I'm Danish and this is sand. Why are you eating a scone? Like, He's I mean, always eating just, a scone on 60 Minutes, Peter Hoy. It's just rude. It's very rude. Running to his car. Uh, yes, UQ, the jacaranda coffee-soaked place where people apparently learn shit, but really they just drink for a they while. They drink, they make friends, they get stressed about uni for two weeks out of 14, and uh, I love it. My dad took me to University of Queensland when I was in year 11. He studied there. Yeah. And he... Also, uh, fun fact for the listeners, it's mm. where our parents met. Yes. Uh, uh, not as in like as not each other, but uh, like Henry's dad met my mum and they were friends. So there you go. Yeah. Do you reckon they dated? Oh, yeah. Mm. I always got the impression they did and that's it, why... It's never been touched yeah, on. That's, but, that's yeah. why we never talk about it because it's... I think my dad was dating my mum at the same time she dated your dad. Yeah, I think it's so. very <laughs> controversial. We've done, we, we sat down and did the dates and there was a fair bit of overlap because what I think was that my mum was dating your dad. Oh. My dad was dating your mum and they were like... Well, I found a photo of when all four of them were at the Red Room together and there were a couple of hands on a couple of shoulders that shouldn't have been there, Henry. Uh-uh. I think my dad well, was I'm, hugging your dad in the farm. Yeah, see, now I've seen that same photo and it's so sad because what it was was it was shown to me by my godfather <laughs> and they were in some sort of club, like a big order, um, and then just so many of them are dead. <laughs> so, so many, many of, dead. of mum, mum's med student and now my godfather's dead. dead as well yeah but hey. we're alive and we're talking about the University of Queensland and despite uh, any romantic pasts between our parents and here let's be honest it was absolutely uh, it was trivial in the end because they both both basically created the same child yeah um, <laughs> really toss of a coin at the hospital there yeah but I went there in year 11 and my dad showed me around and I saw the Chanel theatre and the great court and the just the grandeur of Fork and Smith and I was like oh. and I was never pushed to go there it's pretty fucking impress- impressive L- well give me that what's your general impression very short of the University of Queensland um, I love the University of Queensland it was the only place I ever wanted to go it just seemed to me like an almost cartoonish caricature of what a university is yep. like I ironic because I haven't been to a lecture for about two years like I don't go very often at all even pre-COVID I always want to go to a university that felt like a sort of cartoon iteration of a university it has that in spades the fact that like a coffee place is basically coming out of a heritage listed 1888 sandstone building I love that shit yeah you did say to me you 
wanted to go to a cartoonish university, which basically left you with UQ or Monsters University. Yeah, well, Sky High, um, I didn't get a high enough ATAR to get in there for uh, being a sidekick. So and they're hard on the high because it's yeah, a yeah, title. Yeah. So gonna, <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. It's very high in the air. So they, they were like, oh, your OP has to be as high as the sky. And I was like, that makes no sense, cunt. And you're like, here's one, motherfucker. I'm high as the sky. Ripped oh, yeah. a bomb in the Snoop meeting. Snoop Lion. <laughs> Snoop Lion's here. Uh, but Henry, yeah, I, I love the place. Uh, I've got a, ooh, crack and open a beer. Well done. Well, let's hear your real take on the University of Queensland. It gave me, yeah, in the same way that you were touching on the cartoonish aspects, it gave me a quintessential university experience. I was there for six years up until the end of last year. Um, yeah, had more memories than I can poke a stick at, really. I... Th- I have my problems with the place. Like, I do feel like mainly through the extracurricular that it offers. I say it offers, but really it's um, those are created by the students themselves. I don't have a lot of respect for the university administration. Um, No. I mean, go back and listen to our Drew Pavlou interview if you want to do a deep dive into that. But there is an element of, especially at the moment, like, mate, I won't wear, I have my UQ alumni shirt and my UQ, uh, just a bit of merch that I, and I won't wear it at the moment. with all the my eyes. Well, I won't, yeah, I won't wear it. Far out. I won't wear it with the shit going on at the moment with Drew and Peter Hoy is just a crook and all that, blah, 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 blah. And the what they've tried to do, we'll talk about the Chanel Theatre, but the way they're... I feel like they're, the current business model is losing that cartoonish aspect yeah. that attracted me to the University of Queensland. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not dramatic in the extent that I think it's, it's going to the dumps or anything like that. I it's think a at great, the end of the day... Like you're, you're sitting on the great court and watching yeah. a few fucking, like a three shirtless blokes kicking a hacky sack around a Christian church group sitting yeah. in a circle that no one wants to be at playing a guitar. And about 90 people playing spike ball. The only thing more misguided than their faith being their uh, musical ability. Mm. And, um, Guys, we learned the G chord. It stands for God. And we're going to leave it there. Yeah, cool. Um, but I do think the university, as a sum of it, you know, the people who go there and the people who teach there, and a lot more than the administration, is fucking great. The tutors are couldn't, couldn't ask to go anywhere else. And yeah, it's yeah. I mean, and to be honest, I think like a you know QT. I'll say it. This is more speaking for the law degree. QT obviously did great things with the creative industries and whatnot. Yeah. QT in the law field have flooded the market by devaluing a law degree. I'm, I'm more than happy to sit on that. Mm. And, and I know that's going to upset some people. Um, by having a thousand students in a crim A course, it's just... I've, I have friends who have done it who have said, yeah, like it's a bit it's a bit messy and whatnot. Mm. I'm like, and that's not just the people who study there. No, hell no. It's just I think it really as a business model, that university is... You're, you're bright. Yeah. What, no, what annoys me, you know... It's a business. QT are making money. And to be honest, I think the law field is elitist and it's good to have more people in it because yeah. I don't think I it's I like a hard. lot of people having law degrees. It's and fun. law is not as hard as it's made out to be culturally. Yeah. I think there's a- The only hard degree is medicine and I will die on that hill. Me too. Because you um, have to save lives. And every other degree, you write an essay, submit it, and I don't care if you're fucking stressed. Stop drinking coffee. Occasionally engineering. I'm like, oh, numbers. Yeah. Anything to do with numbers or science, I'm like, well, that's kind of hard. But then a Bachelor of Science, I'm like, yeah, cool. You dissect a frog for eight weeks and you get a seven. Chill. Eng- yeah, engineering. It's like, oh, you yeah. like. Why should the fact that you're good at maths mean I should trust this bridge? Anyway, yeah. um, but I would say that what annoys me more about the QT model is that the reaction of UQ, especially when Sarah Darrington was the law dean, was to be like, we need to go in the opposite direction, equal yeah. opposite reaction. So they condensed the law cohort to an extent where the OP was driven up to a very high one, which you being a co-curricular driven person who's also very academically smart it was fine but I do feel like the law school might have lost a little of the fun that it used to have as a result of UQ's intense commitment to we're giving a we're not going to do what QD are doing we don't want to go anywhere near the real world we don't want to go anywhere near a practical degree we are going to offer a intellectual 
books, philosophical. It's a, ner- it's a nerd degree. Yeah, it's, it's a nerd, a nerd degree. degree. My and we're is like 80% nerds. A simple fact of the matter, if you make it an OP1 only, you just get it fucking inundated with nerds. There's not that many fun people in law left. They all graduated when you did because just inundated with nerds because that's how they made it. I get the impression that QT is having the most fun in the world. Mate, motherfuckers in my degree were like, Oh, I got an OP nine, but I did French, and I went on a, and I went on a student exchange for three weeks yeah, to bang. Ohio. Bam, I'm doing law. Yeah, that's uh, sick. S'il vous plaît, law. S'il vous plaît, s'il vous plaît. I got an OP five, but I can not do legal studies. But that, given the general impressions of you, Hugh Henry, let's have a quick chat about some of the institutions. We've spoken about the Grey Court. It's beautiful when it's sunny. Uh, it gets muddy, unlike anything else. But you know, we've played a bit of cricket on the Grey Court, and the pitch holds up. Doesn't break up too easily. We haven't. Good leg, day one wicket. Leg bounces to the staff. But yeah, I would say market day mm, is probably a lot here. of people's first impression with the university itself because this thing is the splendor of nerds. It is. I remember turning up to my first market day. Firstly, I was thinking, how the fuck do I get a park? I parked. I basically parked in Indrapilly Shopping Centre. Um, Wait, really? And, oh, mate, it was so well, hard. See, I, I, my UQ parking thing is an absolute go for gold. I'm mm. convinced because I get a parking fine about once every four weeks. But stack that up against the cost of paying for parking there, and I think it's worth it. I'm I, a big I, illegal parker at uni. Mate, I parked down Hawk and Drive in a five hour, in a two hour zone for five years. I think I got one sixty dollar fine, oh, which see, is good. what parking at uni twelve times. Oh, like, it, it, no, that's the cheapest park at uni twelve times. Yeah, it's exactly. like two days at uni. Oh yeah, it's not even park. like I was at the days of the Dust Bowl where you'd go in. Oh no, it was five dollars to park, and if you got there around two p.m. with people leaving, it was paper tickets. So the goodwill of the student community, they just hand over the ticket. Oh no, I'm a cello park man. Oh, I hate that. I'm a, I'm a five dollars an hour. I've been at uni and paid for forty bucks for parking before. It's the mate, fucking rort. I'm never downloading that app. No, just like the COVID one. Um, but <laughs> no, we'll save that for another time. Exactly. So Lockdown. yeah, but um, Mark Day massive festival. Essentially, when all the clubs and societies put their best foot forward to say, "Come and see us." Uh, the big one, even before I was involved in law, was the L card. Yeah. We've both been involved with the L card, but I would think a lot of people would know it. It's the pink card and the like giddy cunts in pink jumping sure. around. And there's always way too many of us. We're always really spread oh, so out. It's like fucking 80 of us. And it's like, oh my God, I love law, but also Fridays. Well, basically the reason the L card just rose to prominence is because it, now it's because they have an free upsize deal at Merlot's. But at the time it was like getting into Fridays for free. Yeah. was because you paid $10 for the card. $10 was the entry to Fridays. Oh, yeah. And, like, now that doesn't mean that much to me, obviously, because I don't go to Fridays that no. much. Um, That's still the only sales tactic I ever use when I'm selling the L car. But it's really annoying to sell it to first years because if you're 17 and you've never really heard of Fridays and some, like, 20-year-old cunt with glasses is just being like, oh, buy this car, it saves you money for Fridays. You're like, no, I'm fine. Well, speaking of the L card and the and the <coughs> uh, big market day yeah. appeal, we... Bit of a confession. We have a confession. Henry and I. Joe and I... Um, this was a dark time in our lives called Party Week. Yeah. I'd been away from Brisbane for about a week, traveling with my Six dad. Six days, I think it was, doing the Lara Pinta. Yeah, doing the Lara Pinta trail. And I came back and Joe and I met at the regatta at about midday. Yeah. It was the last day of the uni semester. So a lot of our We'd friends- We both finished exams. We've already done. A couple of our friends were finishing big exams and everyone's going to be at the Red Room celebrating it too. Classic last day of uni energy. Now, we get a lot of messages from our friends who did not purchase L cards. No. Saying- 
oh, you know, we really all want to go to uh, Jade Buddha tonight. Because the you- QT Law Society put on a massive bar tab. You need an L tar- card to ma- access the bar tab. That sets the scene, Henry, for our brutal, brutal confession. Joe and I put away what had to be between 11 and 15 pints at the regatta between about 12 and 1.30 p.m. And our confidence and ego is already buoyant, you know, at our lowest points. Can you imagine what a bit of alcohol does to us? Now We're I- thinking we can't be touched by the law by anyone. Now, we didn't mean to steal. We should make this clear. No. My, in my mind, what we were oh, doing really? was saving saving time for our friends in that they would have to- They were already drunk. They would have to get online. They would have to buy an L card. We were like- A lot of them we, were at work. Like, it's oh, not like they were at uni and didn't want to buy an L card. We had a lot of friends who said, I really want to go to QUT tonight, but, you know, go- Jade Buddha more accurately, but I'm going to have to meet you guys there. What can I do to get in and get a bar tap? So we said, listen, we'll get you the cell card, then you can pay for it later. We didn't mean to defraud. We just wanted to cut corners. We didn't want to defraud the law society. You know, we were both involved in it. It was our budgets that were being affected. Um, Yeah, we went into the place where we know where the spare L cards were kept and grabbed what had to handily be a fucking pretty big handful I think we just thought to ourselves, Paul Dillon, fistful of food, let's grab a fistful of L cards here (laughs) to stop our friends from not drinking, ironically. I had to be up there with like a fucking lot of them. Yeah, Joel, if you're listening, we're pretty sorry. We know pretty, you got we, we know you got those printed. And we go to the we went to the red room with the energy of Scarface. <laughs> just Wolf just, of Wall Street. It was like, any any cool crime movie that blokes misinterpret. Woo! Cash money bitches just for days. Cards, we were dishing them out like it was the last days of Rome. Like it was like co- Cash Cab on Channel V. Literally, like cocaine at a Chicago Bulls after party. It was just going everywhere. Um we give them out, everyone has a great night. Yeah. Uh, we get an email on Monday morning, the whole Law Society executive does, being like, hey, guys. I can't stress how good Friday night was. Oh. Like, I'd do this a million times over. One of the great, one of the great nights qu- ever. Quick quirk of that night, <laughs> Joe and I were so fucked up and still got let into Barbara because yeah. the security guard was like, I shouldn't let them in, but I feel morally like it's unsafe to leave them out there. He said it's dangerous to leave these two guys on the street. I, I like blacked out. I don't really remember. All I remember is giving the guy my go card. He was like, no, that's not your ID. Giving him my L card. And he was like, no, that's not your ID. And then finally just him being like, all right, go in. Yeah. Love the stuff of Barbara and Black Bear. Incredible work. But essentially, we, yeah, we, we get an email the next morning being like, there has been a theft of L card memberships uh, from the office. And um, you guys are going to need, we're going to end it. Joe and I immediately confess to our credit. Just email us like, hey, mate, heads up. We were drunk. We went in, knew where they were kept in the office. Super sorry about all of this. Um, won't happen again. And I think we did end up getting payment from everyone. But yeah, so I feel like uh, taking uh, market day for granted. Um, just go and buy the bloody L card. Yeah, because it's a lot harder to commit a crime and steal it. So that's market day for me, Henry. Well, another big place at uni is the Red Room, which is the bar uh, a lot of people spend time in. It's not the world's best bar. Arguably, oh, I would actively worst. say it sucks. QT's Botanic Bar is a much, much better bar. Yeah. Red Room's also not very cheap. No. Although they do your pot of Iron Jack for $3. Mm. If that's your awful cup of tea. And good pool tables, I will good admit. Good pool table. Um, one memory that comes to me from the Red Room was uh, many years ago, I think it was my first year of uni and where drinking in the daytime was a novelty. Um, Ha-ha, a- 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 I'm going to have a beer after a lecture. A- well, it wasn't even a lecture. It was an exam. It was our last exam, Law and Society. Absolute piss week subject. It was So no one was overly stressed. So we were all in there just having a muck around and then we get out. A bunch of young, vivacious 18-year-olds. Uh, and we go to the Red Room and it was just rum and coke beer, rum and coke beer, absolutely out of hand. Now, my girlfriend at the time uh, wasn't my girlfriend for much longer for reasons that will become apparent in the telling of this tale. So, we 
but she had a dinner with her debating society, and she was very keen for me to come along and meet all of her debating uh, friends. Um, and I said, just very quickly, having mm. on the debating society because I know this is a great story. I was told before I even went to UQ, someone told me my debating coach told me, Joe, you're going to get to first year uni, you're going to have to make a choice between the University of Queensland Debating Society and the University of Queensland Law Review. Chose the law review, met you, Henry, best decision ever. But it is interesting how there was this rivalry afoot for a long, long time. One cannot live while the other survives. Exactly. And, yeah, so I was like, oh, man, we're having a pretty good time here at the Red Room. I don't know about this. And we're, we're just putting it away. Let me guess, debating dinner at Verve? Uh, it was at a Thai BYO in the oh, So and I, and I unless it's us thinking, and our friends. Well, thinking I was bringing in the fun, I invited... Uh, my five friends along being like, oh, we can all right. come along. One of whom has been on this show, Caitlin. Um, right. And Ollie and Jen and Ed and, and whatnot. So, we all like, get together. Um, so, we get on the bus. We go. We get to this this dinner. We're just being absolute just menaces at this dinner. Yeah. It's getting out of hand. Um, the debaters, obviously, point of information. Yeah, yeah. Be quiet. Oh, I'm the third speaker and I want you to shut up. Shut the fuck up and eat your pad thai, man. Chairperson, ladies and gentlemen, tonight I have two orders. A pad thai <laughs> and some spring rolls. <laughs> <laughs> Tonight we've had a meal. <laughs> so, so anyway, we and we have this dinner, Maybe. and we we kick on to Bowery Bar. Now, Bowery Bar you would know as La Rouge, but oh, right. it is not the drug fueled scene of La Rouge on the weekdays. In I fact, love it is La Rouge. a jazz club. So on oh, the Wednesday it was a jazz club, and we walk into just the sounds of. Walk into you know jazz, you know Colgate Comedy Hour and uh, <laughs> Tiny Boop Squig Shortly, and I do mean a guy doing that with his lips. It was a very <laughs> weird acoustic jazz. Night. <laughs> you know how jazz is like. Oh, music! Oh, music isn't meant to be enjoyed. No, no, no. It's jazz. You're meant to hate it. That's how you know it's good. If it sounds good, you're doing it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> You might have just created the best jazz album of the 21st century. If that was released in the 20s, we'd be on Rolling Stone. <laughs> um, so, essentially, what happened was, yeah, we get into this place and it's getting, like, pretty loose. Um, and there's a bartender at the back who has a bucket of ice, which I thought was weird. So, we're like, oh, it's pretty hot out here. So, we just start taking ice from the bucket and, like, rubbing our heads. And, and then this bartender comes out and is like, oi, like, don't touch the ice. And we're like, why is it here? And he's like, oh, I left it there but it's meant to be behind the bar. I was like, well, mate, that's your mistake, isn't it? So, it turns into quite a, like, heated argument, if I'm I'm being completely honest with you, in that um, we're just, like, putting ourselves in ice. And then, yeah, I'll admit it, because we've been at the Red Room all day, we've finished our university exams, we just start throwing bits of ice across (laughs) at each other, me and Ollie, and I'm, you know, throwing it at Pat Cook, and it's all getting a bit of fun. That's a bit funny. So, the bartender comes over with a security guard and kicks us out. And we are pissing ourselves. Now, I get being a dickhead to bartender, because famously I nicked... The uh, guys blow phone at Black Bear, mm. which we were told on the show. Yes, so I think I think it's play on. Yeah, and my fine. girlfriend, understandably, is like, "You're literally throwing cubes of ice at a bartender at a dinner with my new friends that I wanted to impress." And I was like, "Oh yeah, you're right. I'm pretty sorry." But anyway, the guy comes over and kicks us out. Blanket. So I'm getting out. I'm getting pushed out the door, and I try to, and I basically line up to try to get back in. And the bartender's like, "No." Like you're not coming back in mate. Listen up ice man yeah. And I was like You can't kick me out It's frozen water Make some more <laughs> Who gives a fuck about the ice and He's pushing me And he's pushing me Our girlfriend's out and I At just, a jazz bar And I'm not a I'm not a guy with a Big temper But at this moment I step back and say What is still held up By our friends As one of the quintessential lines Of our friendship group At uni I just said Well mate Fuck you and fuck your fucking ice. <laughs> and I passed out in New Farm Park. So there oh, you go. okay. So you had a bit of a career low point by the end of it. Wasn't good. Well, that's good, Henry. 
She's got a much better boyfriend now. Yeah, no, I love that guy. Yeah, he's actually great. Yeah. Friend of the show, Connor. I don't know Connor. if he listens. He should. I, don't th- I would actually put 15 bucks on the fact he does not listen. Connor Cashman, if you're listening. Yeah, uh, if you're listening. We will tra- great debating coach. We'll, tra- we'll transfer you yeah, 15 yeah. bucks. Henry is my theatre sports coach and Connor is my debating coach in year 12. Could a guy ever be more well-trained? Fantastic. Raz Ghul and... Dennis Robert. <laughs> sure. Uh, Joe, what are we talking about next? Chanel Theatre. Chanel Theatre. We've got, we've got you know, a whole episode on that, Henry. So, let's let's talk about the quintessential Chanel memories. Obviously, Henry and I did a law review there. So, there's lots of like, oh, we really enjoyed ourselves and made lots of friends. That sort of goes without saying. But, Henry, I think we should talk about the med review. Mm. Let's step away from our own lives for a second and talk about the lives of 480 med students who are going to spend a career saving lives, but they decide in one night to produce the least funny show Brisbane's ever seen. There's a rivalry between the Med Review and the Law Review. Now, in the way there's a rivalry between like the Wavell Heights under 12 rugby team and the Sydney Roosters. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's an ostensible rivalry. It's like, yeah, we're technically playing the same game, but we're not doing the same thing. Now, I know I sound like such a dickhead. They have they have different aims in the Law Review. Yeah, no, absolutely. There's 400 They have different aims in that the Law Review tries to be good. Yeah, and um, they try to let 400 people do it. An aim which they succeed at admirably. Admittedly, Med is a shit degree. It is so, so hard. And you basically, if you if you can achieve it, you get to spend your life having people's lives in your hands. So it's very hard. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I said at the top of this episode that medicine's the only hard degree and I have a lot of respect for it. Doesn't mean I respect their jokes. We would go along to their show every year and I, I, sometimes I look back and think just how shit we were to them. We would get front row reserved I think we were us. quite cruel. Like, and it's, you know how one of those, it's very, I feel like an old English school thing where it's like, oh, it's fine because it's a tradition, but it's a tradition of like, oh, every day a new boy comes and we yank down his pants and rub his dick in custard and then shove him onto the frozen ice. Oh, but it's a tradition. Oh, but it's a tradition. You see, Welcome so to Hogwarts. <laughs> it's absolutely a fan. We, um, we basically, what are you going to do to his dick next? Dip it in yogurt, <laughs> cover it in chocolate, chocolate buns. No, no bloody holly on my dick. <laughs> <laughs> your dick still listens to Joni Mitchell. <laughs> <laughs> to, to continue your dick's emotional development. My dick's playing the third lobster. There was more than one lobster present <laughs> at the one birth one of your dick. <laughs> <laughs> but, so we go along to Med Review and we are usually drunk as skunks and reserve the front row, as is our right, because it's a bit of a tradition. You know, they come to our show and they try to do the same, but because they're doctors, they're really nice yeah. Uh, whereas as lawyers we're cynical bitter and are out to ruin their night and, and we, we do like, so we see, uh, what, what, like it would always be getting a bit loose by intermission there was one particular year where we get a message well not me particularly but the convener of that year uh, Glavesy gets a message saying um, hey guys we really appreciate the energy you're bringing to the evening um, if you could maybe keep it down a bit there are people in the cast backstage who are beginning to cry <laughs> So that's oh. the level where we're operating on. God, we sound terrible telling this story, Henry, but I want to assure our listeners we're funny. Listen, I, I don't want to say that our heckles got the biggest laughs of the night, but they did and we'd do it again. Yeah, 100%. There was one where they had a prop snake that they left on the stage in a sketch. They clear the stage. The lights come up. The stage hands are getting all the props off, but it's like very obvious to everyone in the audience that this snake smack bang in the middle of the stage and it's quite close to the front. And we're kind of yelling out, being like, sitting. And we're kind of, oh fuck, there's a snake. Oh shit. Oh, someone get snake bite. Someone get the antidote. Someone get Stephen. Oh, your doctors. Thank God, someone will be able to fix it. Blah blah blah. Blah. We're being geniuses. (laughs) Their closer was a rewrite of "You Can't Stop the Beat" from Hairspray, and I will say there has never been a more wholesome yet equally cruel and mean moment in my life of the entire Law Review cast on their feet cheering for their med counterparts while yelling, someone grab. 
grab the snake. There's a snake. There's a snake. There's a snake. Please, someone, holy fuck, there is a snake on the stage. There's a snake. There's a snake. Someone get that snake. Someone grab the snake. No one could hear. That was a great moment. And just one more moment where they left shit on stage, Henry. And to really exemplify to our audience what we were able to do to them, uh, they had a sketch or something where a whole bunch of rubber balls uh, were sort of on stage and the actor was meant to sort of throw them at an imaginary audience. But the second we saw them coming near us, like hungry, hungry hippos, we grabbed all the balls they had as props (laughs) and just everyone took a couple of handfuls because we were in the front row. They had to hold up the sketch and say, can we have the balls back, please? To which someone, had the nuts to say oh what balls what balls are you talking about and I once again can't stress that when I inevitably get type 2 diabetes I really will be depending on the person who didn't grab that snake I I will tell them that I was the lone ranger saying no guys let's not bully the med students they're gonna save us from COVID in like 18 months would be quite funny if like during open heart surgery you're about you like somehow wake up the anesthesia's warm off and you just see your doctor standing there being like where's the snake now (laughs) Uh, but speaking of spooky shit in the Chanel Henry uh, one final word on the Chanel on this terrifying legend of the Chanel ghost. This is a legend that you actually convinced me of. Apparently, what's the backstory? A woman died? A woman died on- 70s? I think a woman died on opening night of a show. She was the lead. They had to call the show off. And it is held that the ghost still haunts the place. Now, as, when the year I convened the review, because you've got to be the last one out because you're locking up, this story plays on your mind to kingdom mm. come. And it's a dark theatre full of corners and asbestos. Mm. And you really are running around. And because I was Henry's little puppy dog at the time, I'd- often stay back till 4am and lock up with you just so we could keep bitching about people in the show. Joe already is a brown-nosing narcissist network <laughs> trying to end up on a podcast with me is hanging around helping me like friggin' put the makeup wipes in the bin. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but we- I did it with great honour. Hey, mate. Look <laughs> at where I am. And you did not strut. <laughs> Ever. <laughs> but basically... This, this Tom, terrifying legend Tom, on who mind. works on pretty much every show um, in the Chanel, great man, he, uh, he was saying that the, the the ghost he's like I'm not a superstitious guy but one night he was working on the sound desk until very very late and he just heard voices and he kept yelling out what was that who's there what was that and then d- does believe he saw a young girl of about 17 standing at the back of the room just like grudge-esque hair over the eyes very spooky sort of stuff so um I guess when Peter Hoy destroys the Chanel he can be haunted yeah, by you can deal with that shit. the ghost of her and Drew's yeah. social media accounts absolutely so. now Henry final word on the University of Queensland specifically peaks and pits of uni what have you got peaks would be law review doing a sketch comedy show with my friends once a year um and I, yeah, that, that would have to be like probably that and the pit. I'll go my oh, pick. I'll I, go my pick. Oh, my pit. The, yeah, your pit. Oh, my pit would be um, there was a uh, particular Crim A assignment um, <laughs> that I just fucking had to do a full night, uh, an all-nighter with Jen um, in the Dewey Tower. And uh, it, I just earnestly, the most stressed I've ever been in my life, sitting on the great court, calling my mum, being like, I can't do this, I can't do this. The sun, the sun coming up as me and Jen submitting it at about 6.30am and then going straight to work at Brumby's. Um, and for once being able to say to the bakers, I got less sleep. Yeah, they won't shut up about sleep. Well, my peak, Henry, is uh, very cliched. I loved the first time I ever went to a toot after a couple of years. Nothing makes you feel like an adult more than doing something that shouldn't be done 
mildly intoxicated, doing it mildly intoxicated. Yep. Great fun. Um, and my pit was being, uh, I was actually in year nine and my dad was taking me to uni really earlier in the morning um, to sort of show me the place. And I saw this random uh, second year on the great court at 6.30am crying to his mum that he can't do this, he can't do this before submitting an assignment. So, that was my pit of uni, mate. Some fucking sad sack who doesn't believe in himself in tears. So that's my career life. I point. just want to make a podcast with a young boy. <laughs> and I'm like, hey, my ears prick up. Now, moving on from the University of Queensland, Henry, but tangentially related, I want to talk to you about colleges. Let's talk about I college. Got, as people may have Let's gathered talk about from drinking. the start, I've got some fucking bones to pick. Let's go pick them. The college bubble. Everyone in college is convinced that the world cares about them and their dumb traditions. I want everyone to realise I think about college once a year at best. No one, none of you, the fucking day rat terminology, Henry, is made up because college kids think that day students think about them and there's a rivalry. There isn't a rivalry. I regularly forget the colleges exist. It's only when I get a random as fuck car park that I'm like, oh, this deranged side life to university exists. Would I ask if the day that you think it exists is market day? Yes. Because of their little tradition. There's a deranged little tradition that they do. So I I don't know if it's all the colleges because I'm not very well informed on this, but I think they do dances or flash mobs as part of like a fresher initiation thing. It's essentially a flash mob. You'll be like, oh, I would love to get a, you know, some. I want to get a snow cone or something. I'd love to get a snow cone and you like try and run as quick as the flashing UQ sports symbol or whatever. You're doing market day. I'm going to go. Then all these drunk 17 year olds. They just fucking come into the middle of the court and then they put on shake it off. by Nicki Minaj or yeah, shake it off or fucking. I saw one of them do dynamite like this year and I'm like, oh, that's very ironic. Ha ha ha. crew. Like, I thought my Yeah, yeah, it came out 11 years ago and some fucking Brights biker RA who was elected with 98% of the vote because he fucking chugged some goon up his ass. I thought, oh, it'd be really funny if we did Dynamite, chaps. And everyone um, agreed. Dynamite just not being old enough to be funny and not no. being new enough to be Skater- topical. And not a good enough song. Like, Skater Boy, old enough, uh, great song. Fine, do it whenever you want. Oh, nice. Katie! Katie Anderson, friend of the show, and Keen yeah. Pakistani. And a here. Keen college student. And a college student. I just want to ask what her fresher song was. Katie? Katie! What was your fresher song? For your dance. Yeah, oh, I, think, I think Katie's in, coming uh, And now, keep in warning, listeners, that Katie actually loved college, so we might keep the vitriol slightly limited while she comes in and tells us. Henry, what would your fresher song be? What's your dream fresher song? Sort of combining, like, classic... You know what mine would be because it was my schoolie song? Closer by the Chainsmokers. I was also going to say Timber by Pitbull because it was yeah, my schoolie school-y song. song. I feel like... What a schoolish song is to you in year 12 is to what boring college students is, is their fresher song. Katie Katie Anson, when you were doing your silly little fresher dances, what was the song? Uh, Domino by Jessie J. (laughs) Oh, that's good. Okay, okay. I've got a bit of respect for that. Grace College, the fresher dance was always a um, female written or a female singer girl empowerment anthem. Oh, okay. okay. There was a bit of like We Are Who We Are by Kesha as well in that. I'd like to mock that because I want to mock everything about college, but that's just quite sweet. I like that a lot, Henry. Do you remember any of the moves in your dance? Obviously, it's an audio format, so we can readily just tell the listeners that you're doing the bit. But, you know, how hard do you have to work on the fresher dances? Um, so it's a very rigorous uh, training schedule in O-Week and every college separately <laughs> tells their freshers that it's a competition at market day and that <laughs> their college has won for the past 10 years. Uh-huh. And every college tells their freshers that. So it gets to the competition and then like Union will walk off to Eman being like, yeah, fucking got nine times, nine consecutive wins there. And then Union's like... <laughs> 
Oh, hang on. Wait, hang on. I think we won nine consecutive times. But to be clear, there's no judging panel at all, is there? It's all for fun. No. Yeah, yeah. It's completely for fun. And now, Katie, the last thing I say, I just want to hear your thoughts on this. My favourite dynamic on Market Day with the Fresh Dancers is everyone trying to look like they think it's embarrassing, but secretly they're so proud that all the eyes of the university are on them. What was your way of pretending like, oh my God, I can't believe we're doing this, while secretly thinking, holy fuck, everyone's watching me do Domino by Jesse J. Oh, I was never ashamed. I'm such a tense <laughs> I loved it. I thought I looked like I rolled my um, little fresher shorts up so they were really short and I made sure I fake tan before market day. <laughs> so I thought I was looking really good and our moves were like not necessarily provocative, but they like, you know. A bit hot. They left you wanting something more. Mm. So like the mean, mean girl Santa dance up. energy? Pardon? Mean girl Santa dance energy? Not well, not quite as hot. as explicit. Okay, that's but, a shame. Um, it definitely had the same level of intrigue, I'd say. And I think yeah, the right. audience was probably getting into it just as much, if not more. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. Well, Katie Anderson. There were some old women with cameras, you know. Oh, really? Oh, wow. There you go. Was it your mum? It was. <laughs> Who's not old. Who's thank not you, Katie. Old. Thank you, college, Katie. College uh, correspondent, Katie college Anderson. Well, fantastic. All right. Well, let's skip on to yeah. a... Are you done with college? You I'm done with college. Last thing I'll say is uh, the funniest part about being college to me is the idea of being an associate. Because at least I will say in defense of college, like you live there. If you're out of Brisbane, it's a great place to live, great place to make friends, get started in the city. So the idea of being an associate of a college is mm. like you pay to do market day with them and then be able to eat the meals, but you can't sleep there. Just the premise of college. That is weird. Yeah. I mean, I, I would say, like, to say one more thing on college. I understand why. And, and a lot, as a keen on Pakistani said to us today, a lot of them are rural people who have moved in. Yeah. It's a great way to meet people. I don't deny oh, that. We're my, just having my, a bit of fun My here. mother from Sunshine Coast, yep. still friends with all her college friends. My godmother is someone, my godmother and godfather are people my parents met while they were at college. Yeah. Huge so respect for it. Huge respect for college for the first year. Yeah. Now, I'm, if, if you're pushing three years. I think you go to college to, to make friends, meet people, quickly. have an insane year of drinking and traditions, and then potentially move out to yeah. a share house. It's almost a great trial run for who are you going to have an awesome Orkin Flower or Taringa or Tamong share house with? In which case, absolutely play on. That do, rocks. Do people do people go to college for four years? I think I think I do. met a person who was at college for four years, and I was like, mate, you are still drinking buckets of goon on Tuesday yeah. nights with seventeen-year-olds, and they look at you like you're a god, and you are a fucking baby who hasn't moved on with their life. No, middle we do that, but we year. do it in our backyard. Yeah, yeah, we do that in our share house, which barely makes us better, but the fact we're skimping away on our actual jobs, while at least these blokes are honest about just wanting to drink, fair play. But yeah, college, great for the first year. Mm. I respect it if you're not from Brisbane. Don't but hang around. Don't hang around. Try not don't, hang around. Don't, don't turn 20 at college. Yeah, great. That's, don't turn that's 20 at college. Imagine if you had your 21st, like, just in oh. your dorm. Emily, apparently like, college 21st. Does anyone 21st. want some potato bacon, <laughs> a little bit of ice cream with apple crumble? <laughs> That's right, I switched the order. <laughs> apparently, admittedly, college 21st are insane because it's the first time everyone gets to flash their Toowoomba wealth to each other. Oh, yeah. So, they're all black tie. <laughs> so, it's like you've been at college and, like, you're eating the same food, basically drinking the same shit. Like, there's no way to show off your wealth. So, apparently, college 21st are just the most bougie effort from college parents to impress other college parents. Yeah, it'll be some bloke Love who, the dynamic Yeah, it'll be some bloke The only time you've ever seen him At the Rears in a stringlet With some sunnies on And then suddenly <laughs> You're at his 21st at Toowoomba Where he reveals like Yes, actually my great-grandfather Invented steak Oh yeah, we're actually From vague aristocratic connections uh, You ever heard of the wheel? No, that was Sir Godfrey Now, speaking of vague aristocracy Oh yes There is a place in St. Lucia We wanted to talk we're about We're going to march right away From UQ And we're going to talk about this The Pink Palace 
Many of you would know it. Some of you wouldn't because it's no longer there, which we will come to in a second. The Pink Mansion, as it was colloquially known, was this big, literally porn star mansion. I mean, literally up on a hill near the five ways, which uh, Will Kowalski pointed out is actually a four ways. Very mm. frustrating. Uh, don't know why. Ugly as fuck mansion. Trashy I saw on Brisbane. If you don't have a big, beautiful Queenslander with a wraparound veranda, demolish it and try again. Although never heritage listed, one of St. Lucia's most iconic homes was the so-called Pink Palace on Swan Road, and it was demolished in 2016. So it has been home to a porn king, hosted rock stars, and was the dream of a rich builder who never saw it finished, though I'm sure many other people finished there. The massive houses- Cummiest suburb in Brisbane. That's it. The massive house- This is insane. The Massive House was a popular stopover for rock stars in the 1980s and played host to the likes of Elton John, Bruce Springsteen, Sure, who covered that DMA song, and Billy Joel. Years later, it became known as the lavish home of internet porn king Greg Lazrado, who crashed spectacularly amid bad business deals, drug addiction, and a car accident that ended in jail. Wow, Greg, what a life. I'd love to have Greg Lazrado on the show. He sounds fucking cool. I was going to say, if you're going to be a porn kingpin, you better have a name like Greg Lazrado. And it better end in drug addiction and car crashes. I don't want to hear you just, like, invested in some dud stocks. Yeah, I don't want, like... Like I don't want like a Duncan Smith being like, um, yeah, I had a good education and I got into the internet porn. Obviously, business. strategized was correctly. And I saw this was a growth industry. I want Greg Lazrado being like, yeah, I love teddies. Yeah, thought I spent a lot of money on them. I went in early on milk and <laughs> step siblings. And I correctly. And the returns I saw were fantastic. Uh, the returns on a hundred washing machines I bought that stepmums could get stuck in and need help getting out of. Fantastic. I was the one who lobbied Fisher Pinkel <laughs> to make smaller washing machines. <laughs> the hole is now smaller, and let's just say it's the only hole that was smaller after my videos were done. <laughs> what I do is I create a world for the porn. And they came to me and they said, "We have a Greg. Uh, Greg, we have an offer for you: hub of porn." And I said. Drop the of Pornhub. Wow. And that's how I made my living. That's when I got the pussy... I'm sorry, the pink palace, it's technically called. Obviously, the pussy palace. The various buildings on the property boasted five bedrooms, six bathrooms, several kitchens, and multiple living rooms. And the entry of the main house famously boasted a Versace chandelier. One quick thing. Five bedrooms, six bathrooms. Imagine being so rich you have more bathrooms than you have bedrooms. That's fucked. Yeah, is one of them just for shits? Yeah. Oh, there'd be... No, I reckon you'd have two shitting bathrooms, a peeing bathroom, and two shower bathrooms. That's the way I'd structure it. I'd drop one of the pee- the pooing ones and make it a wank bathroom. But then again, with wank the Wank in your room. Or wank anywhere. Well, like, it's the porn place, mansion. It's porn like, mansion. like, there's come everywhere. I don't think they need... I don't think anyone's wanking at the porn mansion, Henry. Joe, we now enter the story ourselves. Listeners, we have a personal connection to this porn like mansion. Like, a quite intensely personal connection. But for the... So, this is... When the porn stuff ended, yeah. um, and it was a like it has been like people who lived in the dead separate Brisbane us, icon. It is like every like like George's family lived nearby and said that it was like techno music pumping every single night of the week. Like, bleh, 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 bleh. like it was a proper was party. That, more that was more right. Yeah, yeah, it was with Avicii. Yeah, <laughs> may he rest in peace. Um, but then someone else moved in. The a very rich woman and her tag along husband became a family home for property developer and investor Cindy Fleming. Mega rich socialite CF. of Brisbane. Huge socialite. Huge name. Huge face. So she had four sons and um, she had a second husband. Crucial. All four sons were the first husband. They were married for years. And then this second husband comes along. And he's super fit. He's a fit guy, right? And you've got to wonder what he does for a living. He was a PE teacher at a school called none other 
than St. Joseph's College, Gregory He was Terrace. Henry and I's PA teacher. He was my PA teacher for two years. When and then he left in year 10 because he was embroiled in what? In a big legal dispute. So what happened was, this is all true. So yeah. this teacher was always- this, is, this isn't really a bit. This is like the earnest, vaguely suspect, true crime side of St. Lucia. Michael Conley what, yeah, was our PE teacher, um, and we're not, like, doxing him there. His name's no, in all of the articles. has been in, like, 19 different articles. Um, so He's been in court battles he was for always, six years. He was always a very good teacher, good guy, yeah, um, good bloke, always pretty sporadic. Um, he, was a, he was an odd, erratic dude who would have high-energy moments coupled with being very angry at students for no reasons. But then also just, like, incredibly supportive sometimes as well. Yeah. So, he married Cindy Fleming. How they met, I do not know. Terrace PE teacher and Brisbane's most infamous socialite. Yep. His uh, And her sons didn't go to Terrace. So, genuinely, yeah. I've got no idea. Cindy Fleming died yeah. after an asthma attack in September 2014. So, what basically happens is... And this is also, may I point out, after when they first moved into the house... The, the house's entire interior caught fire the day before Miss Fleming settled on the property and it remained until it was knocked over, burnt out. So they basically bought the house, huge fire, suspected arson, and then she dies. Now, her four sons thought that they were suspicious as fuck. They were like, this new guy comes along, PE teacher. I don't think I'm breaking any news to say that the, the money in PE teaching isn't as much as that of and, a and being there was, a, there was, of Sydney Fleming. We're not the first people to say this. There was um, rumours mm. of of drug and alcohol addiction, of this couple living an increasingly erratic life. We're not making any sort of accusations or any claims, but it was said, at least her sons have subsequently alleged that, you know, mum was different for a couple of months. So basically the... Legal battle of the century breaks out between the sons and Terrace PE teacher, who Joe and I at a young age seeing what Mr. Conley from oh my god from badminton and yeah. Gaelic football that we had to play at Terrace in in sport, which was weird. And me and a few of my mates were such suckers for like courts and the law, and were such nerds about it. Admittedly, I think it rules. I think it was so fun. We went on one day. We had a half day at school, and we went to the courts. We watched like a bit of a murder trial. It was really interesting in year ten. But outside, we're outside the Supreme Court we're thinking how fun was that no I think it rocks and then who should walk out with his lawyers but our PE teacher Michael Conley all three of us were in terrorist uniform I've never had a more awkward eye contact wave in my life Spikes and Broad in a legal battle people are thinking he may have killed his wife and he just sees three of his students and we're like oh g'day sir how are you Remember softball? Oh, how good was touch footy down at Vic Park? Remember when I forgot my speedos, so I swam in my bottom's <laughs> undies because I still wanted to do swimming because it was because assessment I, day? But then because I dived off the Olympic diving thing, my undies went down and my doodle flapped around in the pool and all the blokes saw my two-inch AA battery. Doodle Joe, doodle Joe. And you made me cry, Henry. Shaggy, shaggy, shaggy. Um, well, I had an even more awkward encounter with him. Me and a few of the boys, one being Dom, a uh, friend of the show. We essentially um, like were walking through the valley one night. And this is, this is in 2014. And we walk past Mr. Conley standing outside Alumbra, a popular club at the time. And... Um, we go, oh, sir, how are you? How are you? Now, this is near James Street, which famously was a lot of the subject of the wealth dispute um, because the former husband and the and, and through them, the sons, were trying to get a lot of money out of him in terms of the ownership of those properties. Yeah. So, he was hanging around that valley area and we go up and he's in like a pretty tight V-neck and we're like, oh, sir, how are you? Good to see you. And he's like, and he goes, oh, 
I'm actually pretty shit considering that my wife died last week. And we were like, oh shit, I'm so sorry. So sorry to hear about that. Da, da, da. But then we get in the cab and we're driving off and we're like, why is he in the valley? <laughs> yeah. Like we were like- Bro, so like, I, Everyone I deals with grief in different ways, but Jesus Christ. He, he never helped himself, Michael. No, I, I don't know what was- But anyway, like, as I said, like nice guy from my dealings with him, but there was a time I did when I was coaching you yeah. at Terrace. I turned up to Terrace and I walked like through the gym area and Mr. Conley, like, pulls me aside and goes, oh, how are you, Henry? Like, good to see you. And yeah, as I said, friendly, nice guy. Yeah, really lovely. We're, like, guy. having a conversation. I was like, oh, yeah, good, good to see you, sir. Like, having this chat. And then he goes, what are you studying? And I go, oh, I'm actually, um, I've just started law. And he goes, oh. And he's his prick up. And he goes, mate, can I talk to you about something? <laughs> pulls me into the PE staff room. He'd be in the fourth year, uh, the third year of litigation over it at that point. Yeah. Like, that's been court battle for years and years. We essentially like sweep off some like, like tennis balls and rackets and shit off the desk. And he literally lays out the plans of James Street and is showing me which particular properties are in dispute in this bitter ongoing court battle. Holy he explains shit. the whole thing to me. And he's like, anyway, mate, like legally speaking, where do you think I'm at? I'm like, oh, bro, I'm kind of like four weeks in. I kind of like don't know what a tort is yet. <laughs> I was like, I could- t- uh, Is this- Negligent, Michael? I, I was like, couldn't tell you. I could tell you that sometimes you have to res- represent someone even if you know they're guilty. <laughs> Everyone deserves a free trial. And also, no gavels in Australia. He was like, that's so unhelpful. Yeah. I was like, we don't wear the wigs. We don't wear the wigs. Order, order. I've got to teach this specky little cunt theatre sports. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, very interesting. Bit. Conley, the house pink now palace. destroyed, and it's um the pink mansion. Bit of Brisbane history, never heritage Ugly listed. Brisbane. So it's, yeah, thank God it wasn't heritage listed. It's fucking disgusting. Yeah, it's townhouses now. Mm. They're quite nice. Should so, we talk about Hawken Village and uh, as it is colloquially known, Asianville? Yeah, let's, Not a racist thing. They just have an Asian supermarket and lots of incredible Asian food. Yeah, uh, let's stack them up against each other quickly, Henry. I am a big, big fan of Asianville. I think it absolutely rocks. Explain the it now and loud. It's divine. The Indian there knocks my bloody socks off. It is utterly fantastic. It's so cheap. I just, it is exactly what you want as a student. I think I paid about $8. I got a butter chicken. Obviously, I got a naan, obviously, because I'm white and rice. And it just blew my mind, Henry. Mate, it's closed. What? Indian Feast is gone. What? For how long? It's It's been gone for a while because they oh. opened- Millie, really, sh- I haven't like been there for like almost a year now. Well, they opened a store on UQ. The, the ah. union went after because I think they had a bit of an unpaid wages scheme. Oh, with like the butter chicken pie and shit. Well, this is the thing. Yeah. I went- And I'm on your side because Katie and Joy lived at- They've, they've lived in houses on Sir Fred Chanel Drive and they've lived on a house on Hawken. So, oh, yeah. I've had big exposure to both of them and Asian Villa is 100% the winner. You've got a Nando's, you have an incredible Thai restaurant also, very Domino's- sadly closed because the owner had really? a stroke. Terrible oh. story. Domino's, $5 pizza, easy as you like. Asianville fucks. It's awesome. And the butter chicken pie, I like. I can't exaggerate enough how many of those I ate in my first year of uni. Yeah. It's a butter chicken baked into a pie. Don't fuck around. You think and you're you getting know a I know curry. pies. Yeah, you know pies. And also the great thing about a pie, I've always said it, you could have a, a quick snack between classes you could have it for dinner oh, but a chicken even exacerbates that it they were tastes three like bucks. dinner in your mouth you're kidding and I think that was three bucks and if you paid five bucks you got one of those and a can of drink and we're not talking just coke with no sugar in the fridge mate we're talking like creamy Cito? soda Cito? we're talking yes it was very very good but Stack yeah very against- sad it's all closed oh. and literally like three weeks ago I went to Miss India Tenerife oh, yeah. and I saw the guy who used to own Indian Feast working out the back of Miss India Aww. so it's good that he's still working he's in the field that he field. Field, but yeah, a bit expertise. of a fall from grace. Well, it's sort of like working at Lay Bubbles and then having to go to like Maccas, I suppose. Like, yeah, he's had to go from or, a- or Hog's Breath, probably. 
Yeah, true. yeah. It's like a boutique Indian that was beloved by the people of St. Lucia, and now he's, you know, just making curry, making in curry in, in, in the chain gang in Miss India for a chain. Now, my thing about Hawkinville, Henry, just quickly, I, I don't like. Also, I realised because I went there for the first time a couple of weeks ago. I haven't been there for a year because being overseas and stuff, and not really going to uni much. Um, it has like six different restaurants a year. Like nowhere can quite Nothing make it last in My favourite thing is Brumby's getting bought out by the franchisee and he just calls it a bread top or like a- The bread hound. Bread hound Named after the dog, always out the front. He's which dog. I do love. He's been there for like 15 years. He's a legend. He's such a good he guy. He is a good guys pay cash and slash the prices type guy. I've dead set come there with a couple of coins and he's like, let's do a deal. Let's it's do incredible. a cupcake yeah. deal. Amazing man. So, yeah. But, but he, like, Mill, took a few of the sprinkles off, nice. unfortunately. Because he was like, I'm not giving you free sprinkles, mate. IG- Who the fuck do you think you're fucking uh, 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 I'm not giving you free sprinkles. You're not having a sprinkle, mate. But IGA, Henry, you're bougie if you shop at your groceries there. Why is this? Is it expensive? Oh, IGA is incredibly expensive. Because mm. it's all, like, you know, from Australian farmers, blah, blah, blah. They don't really do deals. IGA is almost like 7-Eleven-esque prices. Every family needs a farmer, mate. Yeah. That's why we keep also in the basement. Not spend you know seven dollars on milk. Oh, your farmers in your basement? Yeah, we keep them on in the backyard. Every Love family needs a farmer. You need to keep them watered because we know they fucking whinge for Australia when there's a drought. Mm. Here's one for your farmers: just buy a bottle of water. Bloody Lady Gaga and Ariana Grande over yeah. here. These farmers, rain on me, rain, rain on me, rain on me. Apparently, rain. it's always bloody raining on concrete and not on where the land needs it. Yeah, but it wouldn't be good if Lady, Lady Gaga and yeah, Miss Grande, Grande could, could direct their ponytails towards the farmers for ah, once instead of raining ride. in the nightclubs. You yeah, know. yeah think about hey that. Ariana, give a little bit back to yeah, the potatoes. Yeah, make bloody baby. rain on the people who need it. Why mate? Don't you rain on the one on Boona, baby. Why yeah, don't you get too it? right, Henry. Too right. What else is there? Well, yeah, I was going to agree with you. Hawkins shit, um, especially that underground place that's like a brothel-esque. Oh, it's so got like, naff. Here's one. How much cum is there? Heaps. It was a Thai restaurant, which I'm told on good authority used to have fish tanks in it, which is very appealing. El Burrito Down Under came next, which had a dirty, ugly neon sign. It's also like El Burrito Down Under, like... Make a call. Are you Mexican or are you trying to appeal to Australians who don't have racial yeah, sensibility? Right. Make a call. And now it's a fried chicken place. Very weird. They also have La Porchetta, which was an Italian chain, which I'm pretty sure has been absolutely exposed as a drug front. And, you know, for someone who is used to dealing drugs, which are addictive and tasty, it's sort of the whole problem with them. Mm. Uh, the pizzas weren't very good. So, right. annoying. annoying. Um, let's skip quickly to our last uh Sort of, uh, I guess, a bit of gossip. Yeah. The final Hague- bit of contemporary St. Lotia after we've addressed almost every facet we could. Hague Report. So, the Hague Report, what this is, is a resident of St. Lucia put together a big thousands upon thousands of page report, which is essentially littered with conspiracies and lawsuits, or as the website of the Hague Report calls it, a menu of themes. It was turned into a paper copy and delivered to the mailboxes of St. Lucia residents. Now, the man who Mm. created the Hague Report was known as Duckman. We've spoken about Pumpkin Man on this podcast. But this is Duckman. It's not a vegetable, it's a duck. Marvel Studios Duckman. Much less threatening version of Batman. I'm a duck. I'll eat your bread. You were made by the bread. I was moulded in it. I don't want crust, mate. No. Mate, I'm a duck. If ducks are that tough, how come one piece of bread can apparently kill them? Listen up, duck man. I don't believe you're a good superhero. My alias is Bill. It's a pun. That's funny. I'm Duck Man. Put you know, me in the Avengers. You know when ducks go to a restaurant, it's like, how are we going to pay? And they're just like, I'll oh, just put it on my bill. That's funny. I love it when ducks do that. 
My feet are webby. <laughs> Duckman. He lived at Hawken Drive and was one of Queensland's most vexatious litigants. Why was he called Duckman? Because his St. Lucia home was full of ducks. They were absolutely everywhere. Apparently, he intentionally left rubbish and bread in the yard. So, we just do that accidentally because we're lazy. We just do it later. I'm pretty sure there's a quarter pounder box that's been sitting yeah, next to your front for about two yeah, days. Yeah, that's, that is my fault. Oh, well, you know. Just can't be bothered. We haven't cleaned it up and- Shit happens. Well, there's no ducks yeah, yet. There's no ducks. There's possums and rats in Petra Terrace. No ducks. But they're our friends. Yeah. This guy's now banned from suing anyone in any court of Queensland because he sued a large number of defendants for millions of dollars in damages. Um, he asked for millions of dollars in several proceedings, including a claim of more than $400 million against who? The University of Queensland. Now, not just ducks that he apparently has in his yard. He's alleged to have been illegally breeding poodles. Huge. Now, I did a deep dive on this. Now, according to Reddit... He tried to sue the university for forty billion. Now the person's put B intended dollars. Now I looked it up. It's absolutely not the case. It's a million dollars. Forty billions is the economy of some small countries. Now there's no forty billion dollar payout. Exactly. So it's it, not it was definitely a million. Yeah. Now he tried to sue the uni for forty million dollars, according to this post, because they would not let him take his dogs into the library. Awesome. This Reddit poster says he's illegally bred poodles. Yeah. Uh, this guy says, my brother, who worked at the UQ gym, also had to bar him from the facility because he kept using the showers to wash his dogs. <laughs> All right. Hotel so, for dogs at the UQ gym. <laughs> this guy's, I mean, it's a very dog heavy week on Unpacking yeah, yeah, Brisbane, yeah. but I don't think any of these illegally bred poodles were solving mysteries against Rowan Atkinson, <laughs> mate. I think these guys hey, just um, weren't hey, trying. just go into the gym showers for a second. Cool if I bring in my eight or nine poodles. Yeah, no worries. No complaints. You just had a game of squash with your <laughs> mate on a Wednesday night and then you're like, jeez, i Probably need to deodorise and shower up a bit. You walk in. <laughs> oh, look, it's fucking scrappy. Um, so, yeah. Also on Reddit, I thought this was interesting. Oh, yeah, this guy, Duckman, he used to come into my work every day when I worked in retail. He's got all the stories about all the politicians. <laughs> he seemed to know Bob Hawke's sexual habits inside and out. I'll tell you who else knew Bob Hawke's sexual habits inside and out. All of Australia. Readable. He wouldn't shut up about it and he loved a yard glass and he loved doing something with his little Bob Hawke penis. He's a little hawk. I have the, the hawk? I don't know. Why not? Anyway, Duckman, who do you... like? Crazy. Imagine getting banned from suing anyone in it any is, court. I, I literally can't stress how it is the hardest litigation ever to make someone a vexatious litigant. Yeah, it right. literally stops them from being able to sue. There's like, well, 50-odd in Queensland off the top of my head. Yeah, true. But he must just be the biggest pest. Vexatious litigant's funny because it's a court going, you are such a fucking pest, you are legally banned from being a pest anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Love that shit. Anyway. Might so, put one of those on Jack. Yeah. Does St. Lucia... Fuck. It's the sexy little question on all our lips, Henry. It's the last time we'll be asking it for about two weeks. What do you reckon? There's a lot of come in the suburb, but does the suburb fuck? Obviously, there's college. But obviously, conversely, there are families. Obviously, there are golf courses. But there are obviously, conversely, bars. Mm. It is a suburb of a great dichotomy. It's young youngsters... Really, a lot of them having sex for the first time, sort of sexually discovering themselves. It's university. It's an awakening. But there are some sterile families who would rather sit in the backyard with a cup of tea than have sex with their wives or husbands. But where do you fall? I want to ask this question. Yeah. Because we've had such a university theme to this episode. Absolutely. The biggest question that I thought throughout my studying days that came up in the popular drinking game, never have I ever. Oh, this comes up a lot. Have you ever had sex at uni? On campus? No. Right. Gotten close. Okay. In a car. 
near, how, where? I've never, never had sex. Uh, near the playing fields, like right. on the riverside. Yeah, okay. But never had sex. What about you, Henry? Yeah, I have. Oh, you've actioned it. Where? In a, in a toilet. Oh, disabled? Yeah. Treat yourself? Yeah. That's good, mate. Well done. With with a yeah you know, consenting a, adult like, obviously yeah good um, not one of those poodles that this guy illegally brought in on campus I didn't like ah oh, there's a shower in here get him <laughs> licked him um, no, poodles are the sexy dog though absolutely in popular well, culture well remember one of our friends who were in Maine nameless Henry uh, had a swag in the back of his car picked up a girl pitched the swag on the cricket fields at UQ mm. and had sex in there I do remember that that's uh, an iconic story that almost did. Yeah, that almost lent. <laughs> No, I correct myself. It wasn't him. <laughs> um, I, I, I do you think, think because of yeah, I think because of the I uni. Think narrowly, I think because of the such a line and, call. And I mean, if our original dichotomy was fucking versus making love, then yeah, college fucks. fucks. Yeah. It it does. I it know does we rip on it, but they it's are grimy, they are emotionless, it's grimy, grimy it's filthy, it's hobgoblin. Fucks. It's turn your count from two into seventy two in six months. I think University of Queensland and St Lucia by extension utterly fucks. Oh, you'll never believe it. Coro Drive's all choked up. I'm going to have to take another route. That's the end of season two, my friend. Wow. What a ride it's been. Mate, i got to say, earnestly... Uh, a little bit sad. To have, to have a nice moment, um, and, and this is to all the un-Pakistanis as well. Joe and I, uh, this this keeps us going. It, we are so proud of this. We're, we're proud that you enjoy it. Uh, it it's, an, it's a massive, like project i suppose in many ways and and we've mm. kind of come this season with uh, to think that we would see people wearing merch to think that we would be able to sell out a live show to think that we We're would trying have to think that people would message us with their thoughts on an episode yeah. i thought we were just doing this show for fun and a couple of our close friends had listened to it and that made me happy alone mm. but we picked this up in isolation and literally this was the only thing that kept me going for a couple of months and ran yeah now it could be the only thing that keeps us going for another couple of months of lockdown but it has been such a blessing to have these fans and at the end of the day only we only reason we do it and the only reason i do it is because people keep listening yeah. so can't thank enough every single person who's listened listened even if it's five minutes of an episode even if you didn't laugh yeah legit even just like and i know it's a we yeah as joe said we could be going back in so um from personal experience just grab your best mate and do something creative not a podcast or or not it a podcast could be, you know, it doesn't have to be a podcast <laughs> please don't make it a podcast no, we've cornered that we don't need please, competition please, we don't need um, I'm sure a lot of people will be a lot better than us so uh, yeah just like th- uh, you know get involved because it's a lot of fun now not to make this sound too much like a, an end we're off for two weeks our next episode will be last time we were off for nine months we're, we're back on the what 21st of August 21st of August we'll be back keep messaging the suburbs yeah. in keep messaging if you're models we need to figure out a big opener for season three yeah so I'd love a big opener Give us a message and let us know. We'd love to do a big one. Um, we did have a live show planned for the end of August. Um, we'll see how we're going with yeah. that. Um, details if to contact come. tracing and community transmission goes down. Blah blah blah. We'll be fine. But yeah, details will be coming. But uh, keep an eye on the news because I think that'll have more to do with it than our details about a little live show. Big thank yous, uh, very quickly Big for this ones. season. Um, obviously, this, this I think season has this been one of the most fun things I've ever done in my life. And this season has like fourteen episodes. It was double the length of the old one. So first big no, thank you more. we've got to give is to Chris Cadaro. Yeah. Um, he, he's our social media manager. I think when we kicked off this, uh, this two hundred, we had about we had like mid two hundred followers. Yeah. We're coming up on nine, and we were posting now. like photos of the Walter Taylor Bridge, and we we're like, "That's marketing, right?" Mm. Chris is a genius. He's an Italian, and he gives us the ethnic diversity we've always wanted on this show. Yeah, he 
ticks quotas. He ticks social media boxes. He's so, kicking um, goals for us. And so we couldn't thanks, be more thankful. Ernest, thank you to Chris. Um, and also thank you to all of our guests we had on this episode, uh, on this season rather. Um, so Shadwicker, Drew Pavlou, of course, Caitlin Duke, Hamish Litster, um, and I mean very briefly just now, Katie Anderson. And of course, uh, a very big thank you has to go to our long-suffering housemate yep. who hears every word, every plan. Literally session. isn't able to stream TV in the living room or do anything because we are that obnoxiously loud and this house has thin walls. Um, so to Jack Hardy as well, um, our brother, our best mate as well, uh, thank you so much for uh, putting up with that. Um, we'll be back, as we said, but something you will remember mm. uh, about midway through the season was our Brisbane band special, the Mangroves. Mangroves. We me, haven't forgotten about the Mangroves. Me, Henry, Hamish, and a menagerie of some of Brisbane's most talented musicians in the Mangroves plan. Including Nelson on the drums. Um, so what we're going to leave you with as a little taste of what's to come for the Brisbane musical future of Unpacking Brisbane and the Mangroves is a... Well, Joe, do you want to maybe introduce what they're going to do? This is a song um, I wrote. So the Mangroves premise now, all songs about Brisbane. Well, we're not just doing, you know, the podcast in song form. Songs about memories of Brisbane. This song's called Red Hill Share House and it's from the perspective of an old man remembering his great times in Brisbane and remembering that no matter what, as long as you've got your friends and you've got this beautiful city, everything's going to be okay. So we'll finish out the episode with a demo we did of Red Hill Share House with me, Hamish and Nelson. And uh, thanks for a wonderful season. Thank you so much, guys. We'll see you on the 21st of August. Keep the messages coming. Uh, Stay safe, stay happy, and as always, stay Brisbane. Something